Welcome to the Joplin and Andrea podcast show where we discuss all things faith, family, and fun. I'm Joplin Emerson, and this is my lovely co-host and wife, Andrea. Welcome to today's show. We have a big lineup for you. Um, we're actually going to talk politics for the first time, and we are going to lead off with Mitt Romney's call to tone down the angry rhetoric that has become the norm for discussion in this country. Um, we have a question today that we'll answer. What role does the church have in politics? And lastly, we will spice it up with some fun with pumpkin carving and uncontrollable impulses. Uncontrollable impulses. That's right. Uncontrollable uh, impulses. Okay. Uh, let's get started this morning. Um, our first topic is Mitt Romney's recent Twitter post on his thoughts about the state of America's politics. All right. Uh, let me share that with our listeners in case they're not familiar with this. It would have been uh, Tuesday, the 13th of October, that uh, Mitt Romney uh, posted a, a picture, is really what it was, on his Twitter feed. And here's what he said. I've stayed quiet for the approach of the election, or I have stayed quiet with the approach of the election, but I'm troubled by our politics as it has moved away from spirit-filled debate to a vile, vituperative, hate-filled Morris that is unbecoming of any free nation, let alone the birthplace of modern democracy. The president calls the Democratic vice presidential candidate a monster. He repeatedly labels the Speaker of the House crazy. He calls for the Justice Department to put the prior president in jail. He attacks the governor of Michigan on the very day a plot is discovered to kidnap her. Democrats launch blistering attacks of their own, though their presidential nominee refuses to stoop as low as others. Pelosi tears up the president's State of the Union speech on national television. Keith Olbermann calls the president a terrorist. Media on the left and right amplify all of it. The rabid attacks kindle the conspiracy mongers and the haters who take the small and predictable step from intemperate word to dangerous action. The world is watching America with abject horror. More consequentially, our children are watching. Many Americans are frightened for our country, so divided, so angry, so mean, so violent. It is time to lower the heat. Leaders must tone it down. Leaders from the top and leaders of all stripes, parents, bosses, reporters, columnists, professors, union chiefs, everyone, the consequence of the crescendo of anger leads to a very bad place. No sane person can want that. Wow. That was the quote. Yeah, that's big. Um, all right, share. Let's let's start. Share some your thoughts on this, the post. Um, I think it's right on. I really do. Um, I think it's right on and right on for so many reasons. I'll start off with, it's right on because there's a hesitation to say that it's right on. Because there's this fear of saying anything good from 
anybody that you know people are going to be hateful about. There's a lot of people on the yeah. right that are hateful about Mitt Romney. They don't like his non-support of the president. And so um, saying that anything Mitt Romney has said is great automatically opens you up for attack. And the attacks have become so intense in this country that it is it, it makes the average person terrified to say anything. And I think the hesitation that I have in saying, this is right on. I don't know that I could have said it any better. And while I am a supporter of President Trump, I agree with everything he said about President Trump. I think Trump's rhetoric is absurd. It's the one thing about the man, um, or, or main thing about the man, that drives me bonkers. Yeah, I just wish he would tone it down. And um, the I, I was I was glad to see that you know Mitt came around and said the same thing from from the other side. But I agree with him that we are at a dangerous place where rhetoric has hit a crescendo, a tipping point, and um, it's unrealistic what people say. The, the hatred on both sides is just ridiculous. I am concerned. You know, he mentioned that the, the, the world around us looks at America with horror, but much worse, what are our children watching? Mm -hmm. And I am concerned about the hatred yeah. that our children are seeing, and it's happening on both sides of the aisle. This is not a Democratic problem. This is not a Republican problem. This is a human problem. And um, so that's my, first of all, my gut instinct is he's right on. And I think the hesitancy to even say that because it opens you up to attacks tells you exactly how right on he is. Yeah. Um, what about you? Well, we're at a scary spot in this world. I know even for myself, sometimes that I have to like really just keep my mind focused on Christ because we are, there's so many uncertainties all around us with the new things that we've even seen all summer, but um, we are, we're at a scary spot and it's hard. Our children are definitely at stake of seeing, you know, this example um, of what our country is. And it's never been this before. This isn't what we've always stood for. And um, this isn't how we treated one another, even if we didn't see eye to eye on things. And so um, it is, it's a, it's a scary spot. I like, you know, what you said, this isn't how we treated each other, even when we didn't see eye to eye on things. And my goodness, that is the absolute truth. It's like there is no respect anymore for human beings mm -hmm. for one another yeah for the office that that people run and what's happened is a bunch of uh folks have have caved and said well if they're gonna you know right now what a lot of our listeners are probably thinking is well i'll stop being that way when they stop being that way and so what we really have is a bunch of adults acting like children that refuse to take the high road and lead the way in doing what is right. And they've been brainwashed on both sides into believing that it never pays to do the right thing. That if you're gonna win, you've gotta be nasty. That if you're gonna succeed, you know, you've gotta fight fire with fire. And here's the truth. The word of God tells us in Romans chapter 12, do not be overcome with evil 
but overcome evil with good. And we have to obey the Word of God and do things God's way. And the irony is, is that um, the side that I tend to come down on the most is what people would define as the conservative right. And that is, it's not a secret. I'm a Christian and I believe in Christian principles. And what will happen a lot of times, you hear it more on the conservative right than you do the left, is you, you hear this you know cry for we've got to protect our religious liberties and we've got to be able to you know this is a you know, we got to be able to worship God the way we think we should be able to worship freely and we need the right to to you know speak openly and pray openly and and they want to fight for Christian rights they just don't want to live by them yes yeah and um, man if anybody on this topic should be leading the way. It is true Christians. It is people that believe in the principles of Scripture. And so I, I, I wish that somehow, some way, the heartbeat behind what Romney said two days ago, I wish he could go out with a megaphone. Yeah. And the irony is, is that Mitt Romney's the one that said it. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of Romney. I'm just not. Um, in fact, uh, faith-wise, he and I are on a totally different page. Romney's a Mormon. I'm a Christian. And um, uh, political, you know, I'm, I'm just not a, I'm not a big fan, fan of Mitt Romney. But I'm also not so shallow as to um, be unable to find the truth when I see it. And I refuse to buy this narrative that if somebody that we disagree with about anything says anything we do agree with, we have to pretend we don't. And we're, we're, we're going to find a way to twist it and, 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 and refuse to acknowledge it. And so, man, we have got to tone it down. Uh, it, is, it is not healthy mm-hmm. the way that we talk to each other. And it is weird. You and I are um near 40 <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm on the uh one, i'm 41 and andrea is creeping up on 40 and when we were children when we were in high school i don't know that we ever could have imagined a day when two political candidates said the types of things about each other that we have heard said over the course of the last eight years yeah it's it's unreal mm-hmm. um some of the things that the it's, president tweets yeah stuff that we wouldn't expect our high school students to do themselves that no. are our students not adults yeah so yeah i i couldn't agree with that more um, i pray that uh, there is more people with enough integrity and leadership and courage to step up Mitt Romney's right on. Obviously, he's talking about politics. He, you know, he pointed out specifics, things mm-hmm. the president has said, Pelosi tearing up the president's speech, uh, Olbermann calling the president a terrorist. But he finished with um, the idea that leaders everywhere, parents, yes, bosses, reporters, columnists, professors, union chiefs, everyone, there is a responsibility on us as Americans to stop the nonsense, 
to wake up from this delusion that we're in. We have been somehow deceived. We have been pulled into a fight that is um, has spiraled out of control, and we've we've got to be able to tone it down. And the last thing I want to say before moving on here, I acknowledge there are certain things that um, do call for intense and robust debate. But if our listeners will stop and be honest, 90% of the rhetoric we're, we're hearing today is not about things that deserve that kind of heat. It's yeah. everything. It, it's just ridiculous. It's it's stupid beyond stupid. If you think that we should secure our borders, that means you're a racist and you hate Mexicans. That's garbage. You know, if uh, if you um, if if you say that you support any form of the democratic platform, all of a sudden you're called a baby killer and someone that is a fan of murdering innocent children. And and we have these super strong words that are meant to just divide, cause pain, hurt, and yeah. anger, and we have got to stop. So kudos to Mitt Romney. Yes. And I pray that somehow this um, truth starts to resonate with this country and we quit burning the country down. We quit glorifying leaders that use stupid, over-the-top rhetoric, and we begin hungering once again for truthful, robust debate. Yes, yes. Um, So that actually leads me into the next discussion. We come from Christian point of view, and you're being a pastor. How does this apply to the church? What Uh, what That's a good question. That's a great question. What I can say is that the same issue that um, Romney addressed on Tuesday has absolutely worked itself into the church. The things that I see Christians doing and saying and the rhetoric I see Christians using is absolutely over the top in most cases. I mean, I've watched Christians, um, a lot of it on Facebook, uh, other media platforms, Call one another idiots. If you don't wear a mask, you're a hater that wants old people to die. See, this is the stupid rhetoric that causes danger. Or if you do wear a mask, you're a stupid, mindless sheep who's incapable of coming to truth for yourself, you idiot. This hateful, over-the-top craziness is happening in the church. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Christians that are, you know, the Bible talks about the fruits of the Spirit. And Christians are, are, are saying things like, well, you're not a Christian if you support Trump. You're not a Christian if you, you know, support Joe Biden. You're, you know, you're not a Christian if you um, wear a mask. You're not a Christian if you do, don't wear a mask. It's so stupid. Mm-hmm. And it's like we've been pulled into this rabbit trail of making these really stupid, broad brush statements. And it's destroying us as a nation. It's incredibly unhealthy in the church. And the one thing that I see with uh, almost clearly as I've ever seen 
and it's sad, is compassion has left the building. Yeah. It's like we don't have compassion for one another. The Bible says that you will know that you've passed from death unto life and that you love the brethren. And while we might not be able to tell if somebody's a Christian based upon who they choose to vote for, uh, we can certainly begin to tell if somebody is a Christian based upon how they love their brothers and sisters. Yeah. And um, my thought right there was, you know, you had mentioned we're destroying our nation. Well, Christianity, uh, Christians that are con- acting in that manner are destroying their witness to anybody they could possibly come in contact with yeah i mean i've sat here and watched a few myself um just say some nasty things and i'm taken back by it and i love god with all my heart but i just can't imagine what somebody who's been watching them for the last several years is thinking watching that come across their screen and it's not just once yes it's repeated and so it is that is something that we need to constantly daily be aware hatred is a seed of the devil and he has been strategically um, covertly sowing the seeds of hatred in this nation for a very long time and we're starting to see the fruit of it and i would challenge my christian and brother my christian brothers and sisters out there have some integrity and be honest Look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, has the hatred that is surrounding us, that we are almost immersed in, has it begun to creep into your heart? Has it begun to work itself into your speech, into the way you view others? And if so, I plead with you to repent, confess your sins to God, beg God for forgiveness, and begin working on having compassion and love for everybody everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Christians will often quote that, you gotta love everybody, love everybody, love everybody, and they do about everybody except their brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. or somebody that votes different than them, or somebody that sees a topic different than them, or somebody that wears a mask, or somebody that doesn't wear a mask. We have to stop it, and we've gotta leave those matters in the hands of God and love people the way that Jesus loved people. And so, um, I think that the you know pastors, churches, Christians could have certainly been put right there in the end with parents, bosses, and you know bo- you know union chiefs and everyone else. Yes, this has great application to the church. We all need to tone it down a little bit. We need to breathe. We need to back up, and we need to to get the hatred mm-hmm. out of our speech and. Um, change the way that we begin handling each other especially those that we just see things different from yeah yeah for sure all right well that was a fun segment and uh it was serious it was a serious segment yeah politics is a serious thing for for us i mean it impacts our lives it does um the crazy thing is is that less than it impacting our political life truly i know that's what everybody says it's about but right now, politics is impacting just the overall atmosphere and attitude of our country. Yeah. And man, we got to wake up, brothers and sisters. Yeah. We got to start loving one another, loving our neighbors as ourselves. Yeah. I my thought goes back to you know this country is founded on one, one nation under God. Yes. And um, you know when it was founded that way, 
everything has we've been free and we've had all these luxuries that other countries haven't had because of Christ and I see us getting further and further away from that and it's just evident so just encourage our listeners to get our focus back on Christ and even if others aren't doing it do what we can all right today's question is actually about church and politics so um, let's go with that um, first, let me remind our listeners that if they have a question, you're welcome to send those into joplinandandrea.com, or you can um, get us by texting one of us or just getting in contact with one of us. Uh, today, the question is actually a very hot topic this year since it's election year, and the question is, what role does a church have in politics? This is a question I have been asked a lot of times this year, and um while it is a complicated answer, I'm going to give a brief one today. First of all, let's just be reminded, Jesus didn't come to make America great. Jesus didn't come simply to Israel. He didn't come to Germany. He came to the whole world. And so this is why when Jesus was here on earth, you didn't see him making political statements. You didn't see him counseling Caesar what Caesar should do Jesus basically said my kingdom is from an entirely different world than this and it works different than this does and I'm not real interested in talking about earthly kingdoms and so um, that needs to be you know remembered in how we do what we do Um, it's not the job of the Christian church to control the government that it is under. That said, let me tell you what is the job of the Christian church and here's the role it plays in politics. It's our job because our God is the authority on morality. God alone defines right and wrong. God alone defines what righteousness is. God alone defines what justice is. It is our job to declare what is right, what is wrong, what is sin. It is our job to speak on matters that pertain to moral choices. And so when we have, um, you know, our politics that are um, done in a way that's just wrong or underhanded, when we have sinful practices being um, allowed in our country, it is the job of the church to speak out against it. And it's not because we're trying to be political. It's because God has declared right from wrong. And I think if we can stay in our lane there and, and as a church concerning politics, if you want to use that word, um, it is our job to speak out on moral issues. And there are people that, um, and I use this word cautiously because we just talked about not using strong words. There are people that are ignorant or naive and, and that they don't understand the separation of church and state. So the separation of church and state in this country was never meant so that the church had no input whatsoever into the things that the government was doing. It was the other way around. This nation was founded on people whose faith and life had been controlled by the government they left. And they said, we don't want it that way. We don't think the government has any right to tell us how to worship, 
how to conduct our own personal lives and and who we worship and how we worship. And so the separation of church and state has nothing to do with the church not having any role speaking out on political issues. If, you know, an abortion is a great example. Abortion is the the murdering of innocent life. God has told us that this is wrong and it's in the heart of every human to know that murdering innocent life is wrong but that's what abortion is and so the the motive in speaking out against abortion isn't political it's a moral issue that the church must speak out again against and this is this can be said of how we handle illegal immigration how we handle children how we handle uh, you know, just a host of things that have moral ties. I don't think the church needs to be all too concerned, you know, in one way or the other about, you know, what color they paint the roads and how many light poles go in a certain section per capita. Those are the types of things that uh, we really have no, in my opinion, we have no business as a church, you know, as Christians. Sure. As citizens, you certainly have the right to, but as Christians, and that's the question, what is the Christian role in politics? Our role is to be the voice for righteousness. That's what God's called yeah. us to do. It has nothing to do with politics. It's about promoting the kingdom principles that God has laid down for us in his word. Yeah. That's our role in politics. That's good. It's kind of a short answer, um, but I'm going to leave it at that for today. Yeah. I like it. It's just simple, and if we keep our minds focused on the simplicity of it. Speak up for God. Yeah. Speak the truth. Stand for what is moral. When you see injustice, say so. And if, you know, it doesn't matter if it's a Republican, a Democrat, an Independent, or anybody else in between. If somebody's doing something evil and wicked, we need to be able to say so. This has been one of my beefs with the Christian response to Trump. And let, let me say before I get a bunch of hate mail, I think Trump has been... Um, a good president. Mm-hmm. He's done what he said he was going to do. Um, as much as people hate him, here's another opinion of mine. The fact that Republicans hate him, Democrats hate him, the entire Washington establishment hates him, I think it tells us something about the current president we have. He's not like the rest of those that have been there all the years before that we've been complaining about. And so there's some great things I can say about Trump, but it bugs me when Christians are unable to just be honest about sometimes the guy's a jerk. He needs to learn to keep his mouth shut. Um, And he says and does things that are just over the top and are harmful to his cause and ours. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that the other candidates are a better option. But this is where we've got to have enough integrity to speak the truth, no matter who it's about. And our job in politics, if you want to use that word, it's not about being in politics. It's about speaking about injustice. So let's move the topic today to something fun. Leave our listeners on this Friday with something to smile about. And And here it is. What is it? What are we talking about? We're talking about pumpkins. It's pumpkin carving time. All right. Yeah. Carving pumpkins. Carving pumpkins. We're actually going to head out this weekend and go to the pumpkin patch and get some pumpkins. 
It's kind of some something fun to do in the midst of fall. What pumpkin patch are we going to? Apple Jacks. We're Apple, go to Apple Jacks, Jacks. Pumpkin it's, patch. Shout out to Apple Jacks. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Apple Jacks. Kids love it and can do all kinds of stuff and pick pumpkins up. We're picking up pumpkins. Are we going to get pumpkins there or are we just going to go and then get cheaper pumpkins at Dylan's? We're going to do both. Both? Yeah. Why are we doing both? Well, because... I don't necessarily know that the big kids are going to go to the pumpkin patch, but Malachi's going to want pumpkins at the okay. pumpkin patch. So we'll let him pick some pumpkins out there. Maybe like some nice ones on the porch. And then we'll go to Dylan's and get some that we can carve. So yeah, so we carve up pumpkins yeah. every year. It's one of the things that we do. Yeah, Joplin's always got the best. Like the best, the most detailed. I get out all the tools. Yeah. I get the little tiny saws out. I get my tools from the, the drills. Out, yeah. The mm-hmm. drills for nice, perfect little holes. And yeah. Yeah, we, it is, we it turn is. it into art. Yeah, into art. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. So I'm not sure what I'm going to carve yet, but I'm going to carve something. Are we having a pumpkin carving contest we this are. year? We are. Yeah, we're having a pumpkin carving contest, and that's on Facebook. So if anybody's interested, you can participate anywhere. It doesn't How matter do where you're at. How do find it on Facebook? Um, it's actually in the events section. And if you can't find it, holler. I'll share it on my page later. And um, yeah, be a part of it. Anybody can enter, and there's different age categories for pumpkins. Um, they all can just submit their photos and then we have some judges that are going to judge and kids are going to win like I don't know enough about prizes, Facebook, adults. but the, I didn't know there was an event section. So if they yeah. just go to events yeah. and search pumpkin carving, they're going to find your thing automatically or do they have to do it on your page? How do you find? Um, no, they can actually, it's in events. So you should be able to just find it. Um, what but if there's sh- a thousand pumpkin we'll, carving We'll post events. it at the bottom. We have a really cool flyer. We'll post it at, okay. this, at the end of this uh there you go. Segment That's a good here. idea. Yeah, so that you guys can see and just find it right off the bat. But Are there any prizes? Yeah, there's prizes and there's different age categories. So Sweet. Submit those pumpkins. It's going to be awesome. Um, the one fear that I always have every year, though, is I just hope that you don't ever, like, cut a finger or an, an ear or an, an ear. eyebrow or something. Eyebrow. How, how would I cut an eyebrow? I don't know. It just doesn't matter what it is. I just have a fear of it. Why do you have a fear of me cutting a something when I'm carving pumpkins? Because you just don't do good with blood or injuries or... Oh, your fear is how I would handle it. Yeah, yeah. How you would handle it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're yeah. bringing this up. Yeah, we're going uh-huh. to go there. Well, listen. First of all, I'm not actually a, uh, scared of blood, folks. This is a little bit of an exaggeration. It, well... it's It's just... Uh, how do I say this? It's not blood itself. There's certain times that I can see blood and it's not too big of a deal. Like on a deer? Yes, deer. And I've cut myself at work, no problems. It's not that. It's more like I have a phobia of needles and drawing blood. Mm. And um, I just about pass out. It's not just needles and drawing blood, folks. Well, it was until recently. It really was until recently. And then... Wow. So, true story, okay? I've got some cholesterol issues. Y'all pray for me. I've been working on trying to get my cholesterol levels down for like three years now. And, you know, I hate taking the blood test for the He hates going to the doctor to take the blood test. So... So, I was at Walgreens and I saw this do it at your home, you know, self kit, but it wasn't draw blood. All I had to do was prick my finger and send in the test. I'm like, now that is my answer. Well, I do this test recently and 
Um, I pricked my finger and it just wouldn't bleed enough. And I'm thinking this is no big deal. Yeah. Well, I had to squeeze my finger really hard several times to get four drops of blood out. Yeah. And I'm talking an uncontrollable impulse. I just about passed out. And I, I came around the corner to this like white as a ghost person who's got a finger. I can just get one drop. And so I asked him if he wanted me to help. And he's like, no, I got it. Yeah, and I did. I finished it, I had and then help. I about tunneled out. I had to lay on the floor. I got sweat dripping off my head because I had to squeeze four drops of blood out of my finger. And she's just, she's actually just filming it is what she's doing. She's filming it because she thinks it's great and uh, finds it humorous. It was great. But I did it. And here's the thing. It's an uncontrollable impulse. <laughs> I cannot help it when it happens. It's just like, it just happens. Uh, with me yeah it does it just happens every so, time yeah so it's almost like we just know so i didn't know when you were carving pumpkins you know you're a little nervous about oh hope, hope old joplin don't cut yep. himself and, and yep we're gonna have to have a first us. aid kit you know like right beside us so we can just bandage that thing up real quick and not even let you see it <laughs> one of andrea's uncontrollable impulses is snakes she is terrified of snakes mm. She just becomes a different person if a snake is in the vicinity. Yeah. It's quite something. Yeah, I've had some bad experiences with snakes. You ever been bitten by one? No. But no? I have had two snakes drop out of nowhere, like, in front of my face. Once when I was a teenager, I was walking out our back deck, and it overhung um, the roof of our house. And there was a bird's nest up there. And so a snake got up and was trying to get him some bird's eggs. And I went to walk out the back door, and he just... Went right underneath the deck, just right on me, and dropped, and okay. it was just, it was horrifying. That would be scary. Um, I was really scared. And then um, another time, I was at the church, and when we very first got to church, there was a whole bunch of unfinished stuff in the basement, and somehow the snake had got in the piping, and I opened the door up to get in our storage closet where we kept like the paper goods, and a snake dropped from the ceiling in front of my face right there, too. So I kind of have a reason to be, like, terrified of these snakes. Now, I never did see the first snake, folks, but I did see the second one, and it was halfway between a worm and a snake. Oh, I knew he was going to say something it's, like that, but it wasn't. It was, it was about, you know, 12, 16 inches then, long, cute little baby snake. About... Three months ago, I was trimming our trees outside, and I have this big tree trimmer, and I'm going to town having a great time until all of a sudden I got up so far, and it was over my head. Sure enough, there's a snake coiled up in the tree. and That one was pretty big. That's uh, about a four-footer. I would have to say I have not trimmed the trees since then. No, she hates snakes. <laughs> so, I don't know. They just scare me. Like, I just... I I don't know. I think there the was one... a There was actually a snake in our basement, too, while he was gone. Yeah. And we had to call a friend come um, to come get it. And, uh, yeah, the kids were, like, wanting to see it. And I had to tell them that they could. But if it came out, I wasn't saving them. Like, I didn't even know if I could save myself. So, <laughs> I think, to be fair, my phobia or uncontrollable impulse, is a better way to say it, is a much more reasonable fear. You know, like blood coming oh. out of the body versus just snakes. Like a tiny prick of the finger blood versus snake venom. Yeah. Venom, venom. Yeah. <laughs> venom. <laughs> She's scared of gardener snakes. She, she's not even seen a poisonous snake. Venom. Oh, I've seen poisonous snakes or at the venom. zoo. At the zoo, yeah. But not in the house, not in the basement. Uh -huh. But in your mind they are. And they're going to squirt you like with their venom from 10 feet away, huh? I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't guys, know who's worse here, but... 
Hopefully, you don't have uncontrollable impulses like we do, but if so, welcome to the club. Yeah. Hope you guys have a great Friday and be loving to one another. Yes, have a good weekend.